Okay, welcome to the TV Obsessive podcast. Um, I'm Cameron Crane, the executive editor of TV Obsessive. I'm joined by Ryan Kirksey. How are you doing today, Ryan? I'm doing great, Cameron. Really excited to get this thing started. Well, yeah. So, um, Ryan, you, you write for the site. I don't know. Do you want to introduce yourself? I feel odd trying to like talk about yeah, you. Of course. Yeah. I've uh, I've been writing for TV Obsessive now really just about nine months. Uh, when is it that long? Done several, uh, several shows over that time. I went back and looked actually. I think the first thing I contributed to you guys was a uh, a review of the show She-Hulk, which looks uh, really bad at looking back at it, back at it after the, after the fact, but uh, it was at least enough to get a get a gig there and uh, moved on to much much better things. So uh, yeah, I've I've been I've worked on White Lotus, Last of Us, most recently uh, Lucky Hank, and I've dabbled in in a bit of the MCU shows during my time. Well, yeah, no, that's funny. I I think I kind of forgot about the She-Hulk article. As you, as you, well, you I, should have forgot about the show. Uh, the, so the articles you need to forget too. Oh, I didn't watch the show. So, I'm, you know, <laughs> so, uh, so I mean, it's, uh, which, I mean, I do like Tatiana Maslany. So you know, that's something, right? You know, the, uh, the first thing I recall you writing uh, was the Lost article. Yeah, I did. I wrote a piece about how the last, I think, five episodes of season three of Lost are really, in my opinion, the best, some of the best. TV ever. Um, I've recently gone back and reviewed that show. We're we're showing it to our kids for the first time, and that's my all time favorite show. And I just was as we were rewatching that season, I just looked at that arc because we led to the halfway point and what happened there, and said, you know, there really is nothing better in my opinion. Right on. Yeah, I mean, I'm also a fan of Lost, and it does feel like almost a minority view to not hate on lost like it seemed to settle in a little bit that people hate on lost and other shows be like oh i hope this doesn't turn into lost why I, lost is good i think right i'm a lost finale apologist so you won't hear me hating on on any yeah. of that uh i i will i will defend it for forever i thought it, it really landed the plane no pun intended and uh yeah it's it, it, it it's my favorite show now and, and forever so it'd be hard to it'll be hard to top it in the in the years to come i think did you did, did you did you like the finale right away i did i did but i think you know for me a lot of it was experiential so this was a show that my wife and i watched with a big group of people from about yeah. season the end of season two through the end and we were all invested in it and we were all looking at, you know, sort of all the, as much you could find online in those days, what the theories were, what was going to happen. I think it was the end of, of uh, episode three when he's in the, I guess, spoiler alert for a show that ended 13 years ago. Um, but, but uh, yeah, <laughs> for the end of episode or season three, when there, when Jack is at the, at the funeral home, you know, we're all like, trying to peer on the side of the TV to see who was in the coffin and, you know, all these <laughs> things you know, we were, we were invested. And so we watched the finale with that group and it was very, very emotional. And there was a lot of discussion after the fact, but we all landed on the fact that we liked it. Right on. That's cool. I, I had a different experience. I mean, I was really into the show and I ended up watching the finale with a group because it did feel like an event. This yep. is what, 2010. Yep. Um, which makes me feel old, but I did not. I, it didn't land for me at first. Like I think, but and and my friends too. And after we uh, finished watching it, we kind of sat there complaining about it a bit. But I came around on it later, and when I rewatched the whole show, um, in twenty twenty, I did a full rewatch. Yeah, and um, I know, it's good. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um. I, I, and then so. I don't know. I don't. I don't know why. It's not like Game of Thrones. I don't, anyway. Oh yeah. Oh boy. Let's let's not <laughs> go down that road. But it's this. I think it's really interesting with Lost that actually you do get a lot of answers to a lot of your questions. But one of the things I always loved about the show personally was that they had a way of kind of opening up bigger mysteries, so that by the time that they did give you the answer to something you used to be wondering about. It didn't feel as important anymore, right? And so, I, and I thought that was a really 
really kind of ingenious sort of structure to it. Um, so I don't know. Some people seem to think like they didn't answer questions and I'm not sure what all they wanted to know. I mean, it's one thing to be dissatisfied with answers, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that J.J. Abrams always used to talk about that mystery box concept and and it was better not knowing what was inside than what than what was. And I was fine with what they left inside and what we didn't know and what answers we did get get resolution to. Yeah, well, absolutely. So, oh, I mean, we were going to talk about a couple of things here, but I was going to say something as we got going about the structure of the podcast. So this is our first yep. episode. Um, and the kind of general plan is that we'll do a bit of casual chatting about what we've been watching, hit on some news items and things like that, whatever else we might talk about. Um, and then ultimately, as we move forward, we'll start digging into probably usually be some currently airing show, but that might change, might mix up a, a bit in, in sort of the latter half. So uh, I think our, our basic plan here um, on this first one is just kind of introduce ourselves. We do have a list of news items we want to hit um and i think that's going to be it for this one and then we're going to start talking about the bear next time yeah and it's something i'm very much looking forward to a show i i, I love i know you've just seen it for the first time and we'll, we'll hit on this back at the end i'm sure but uh yeah i think next time we'll go through and revisit season one of the bear and getting ready in preparation for season two out uh out next week yeah i'm looking forward to it i'm season two and talking about it with you you know um so that'll be the general plan for people, kind of orienting ourselves here a bit in, in the first episode. Um, probably, well, at least when we are digging into something like the bear or whatever comes after, we probably will get a bit into spoiler territory when we're talking more casually at the beginning part. Maybe we'll try to avoid that a little bit. But Yeah, and we'll I, would, I, would encourage, I would encourage folks to, if we dig into a show like that, watch along with us. You know, bear is going to be an interesting one. Because they're going to drop everything at once, which I think yeah. is not our favorite way to do it. But no, it uh, we'll, we'll go through it over a few few times and encourage people, yeah, watch along and and uh, stay up with it. it that, that should be a, an easy, quick watch for folks. Yeah, and I hope that people are kind of into thinking about it and talking about it. It's part of what was impressive with the first season is that it did have that a bit. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, particularly in terms of what we do with the site. And I think we were talking about Lost. And we're on the same page part of what we enjoy is all of that stuff that can end up surrounding the show you know that um part of what was so enjoyable about lost when it was on was that you know that it wasn't just watching the show week to week or waiting for the next season or what have you um but engaging with what people were thinking about it theories that people had and all kinds of of stuff so um we'll see what all we get into on here yeah and there'll be no shortage of shows that allow us to do that i think so looking looking forward to diving into that stuff with you all right well should we go to our go to our news list or let's do some uh let's do some industry news how about that yeah so we mentioned pat sajak retired yeah, the GOAT, the game show GOAT, right? Just came out a day or so ago. Pat Sajak, after the 40, his 41st season of Wheel of Fortune next year, is going to be retiring. The Guinness World Record holder for longest game show tenure. Uh, you know, not, not much to say other than that. Just, uh, you know, a little bit of a props to a guy who's been doing it since I mean, uh, forever. Yeah, it's almost, uh, it's almost striking to me that when you give you the number, um, I guess he hasn't quite been doing it my whole life. It certainly feels like it. I'm 42, so like maybe started when I was baby. <laughs> you <know>? um, <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, you and I, it seems, are exactly the same age. So yeah, we don't yeah. know a world without Pat Sajak. Now, do do you remember? I remember as a kid on Wheel of Fortune. I swear this is true, but I don't actually know it's true. But but I I, I very clearly recall that. They used to have to like buy furniture with the money they won. I think that's right. I, yeah. I, the things I remember about it from when I was a kid was, yeah, you you could use your winnings to buy certain things. Yeah, really. And then you know, over the years, 
you know, Vanna's job changed from she actually just had to turn the tiles to over, you know, to show you the letter. Now it's oh, just yeah. boop, boop, press yeah. the button, right? Yeah, so the, she's, uh, computer you know, will continue to have the best job in the world, I guess, for a little while. But uh, that's the two things I remember from watching at my grandmother's house when I was a little kid. Yeah, so and, and I don't even recall, like I love to watch one of those old episodes because I have this vague memory where, yeah, like oh, well, you know what I want is that tube television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now you got to like spin, you got to spin a wheel, you got to draw an envelope out. You know, it used to be just oh, they, they definitely. Thought, I, I I I thought they always spun the wheel, but I don't know. I just recall they had yeah. to. Yeah. Um, anyway, Pat Jack, congrats to you, buddy. Yeah, you know I wrote. Um, I actually wrote something on Alex Trebek when he died a few years ago. So for, it, it, Trebek has maybe more of a place in my heart almost than yeah. say that. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, he passed away, unfortunately. So, I mean, I wonder, do you think, maybe you know, are they going to continue Wheel of Fortune? Is it going to be hosted by Drew Carey now or something? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. You, you, you know, you mentioned Alex Trebek. So that show is still undergoing an evolution of what it wants to be. They turned it much more into a primetime event. I know that's the that's the intention of the new producer. I think it's sort of these celebrity hosts, these big tournaments, all these champions coming back. So turning it into sort of this this main event type type show, um, whereas they say, well, you know, we don't want it to be exactly the format that it was forever, and that's ruffled some feathers. You know, there there's a pretty pretty uh, diehard set of fans out there that follow that show. So it, it's undergoing an evolution. I bet Wheel of Fortune does the same thing. Yeah, be interesting to see. I mean. I kind of took the position when Trebek died that Jeopardy should end, which yeah. maybe that seems harsh or something. But, you know, <laughs> my initial reaction was like, no, no, no Jeopardy without Alex Trebek. But, How do you succeed that exactly? But it's interesting because it's been a, a couple of years and they haven't really settled on a new host, right? They've been doing rotating hosts and things like that. That's this. exactly Ken, right. Ken, Ken Jennings Ken is probably Jennings the, the, yeah, Ken, is, Ken Jennings is probably the, the most frequent hosts, but yeah, they run they run through several folks. Hmm. What else we got going on? Let me mention something that's uh, that's had to do with some things I've been writing about this year, and that's that's White Lotus. Now, White Lotus is one of these shows that's that's got caught up in in the writer strike we know what's going on there we'll touch on that in just a minute but yeah there's some some real speculation about what's going to happen with the next season of of white lotus I've never, i don't know that i've ever seen a show about you know people speculating about where a show will be will be located right so we've had this discussion he that maybe it's going to be in thailand maybe it's going to be in australia maybe it's gonna be somewhere in the far east but uh, now there's this new rumor out there that uh, that Mike White wants to do a prequel of sorts and and bring some folks back and de-age them to to be in the show. Do you see anything about that? Yeah, I thought. I mean, that was. I mean, first of all, I just want to say like, I feel really happy for Mike White. He seems really excited about this, you know. Yeah. But I, I don't think he at all imagined that it was going to be this successful. I mean, you know, originally they were saying White Lotus was going to be a limited series, right? And then it was successful enough that. He can make more, uh, and I, I feel like Mike White's one of those guys who's been kind of out there laboring and quietly. And did you ever watch Enlightened? I've never seen Enlightened. No. Yeah, it was canceled. Yeah. Right. Um, and uh, but it's a good show. You could check. I mean, it's well. Anyway, I'm not going to you know prejudge it too much. People haven't seen it, but check out Enlightened. More turns in it, you know. But but it got canceled, and so I feel like. Well, now he's got this thing. He seems really excited about it. What do you think about the de-aging prospect? Because the thing I read specifically was about um, doing de-aging and then and and being able to continue the continuity of having a like a, now a younger Tanya, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you know, I'm torn on that. I, I love the Tanya character, and I guess and spoiler alert for season two of of White Lotus. At the end of that season, we see that one of the the bodies that was floating in the ocean there by the resort was Jennifer Coolidge's character of, of Tanya. Now, she was the one character that that was sort of the through line between season one and season two. So now it's not really an option for season three, although Mike White apparently loves her. She loves being on that show. And so they're looking at options yeah. of how to how to bring her back. But I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm torn on that. You know, I just love the 
I think I love the format that they have set up with this. Um, let's bring in new folks. Let's go to exotic locations. Let's have a really interesting story. I think you can still do that story mm -hmm. and tell it well without Jennifer Coolidge. Uh, but will I watch if they do a, a prequel and DH on the folks? Yeah, of course I'll watch. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much. I, I don't know what I think about the DHing thing in general. Do you have a general yeah. opinion on it? Well, we're about to have a uh, sort of a tipping point of de-aging here with Indiana Jones movie coming up in a couple of weeks. You know, there's going to be a lot of opinions about what's been done mm -hmm. to Harrison Ford. Um, I, I think when done selectively and done carefully, it can it can go well. But I think often that's just not the case. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that on the Righteous Gemstones, they do pretty well with John Goodman being John Goodman younger actually now that i think about it so i have to second guess myself yeah <laughs> I, I feel like i have i have a jet i have a general tendency to just say don't do it yeah <laughs> like, um if, if it came down to all of this stuff I and mean, all these worries about um you know how things might be affected with ai and like yeah using the likenesses of actors and their voices without them um personally i'd be on board with a blanket ban I mean, like, I, if it came down to it, I, I like, I'd prefer to, um, you know, sort of be at fault almost in that direction. I'm saying, yeah. like, oh, we're banning things that are okay. Also, fine, because yeah. I don't know some of the stuff, like, the prospect of them um, creating new footage of someone who's dead. Yeah. Which I guess I shouldn't even say prospect because they've kind of done this event already. Correct. They? Yep. Yeah. I find that disgusting. And you know, because I, they can't consent. I, I think that we have, you know, would I love to hear more James Earl Jones as Darth Vader in the future? Sure. I would I would love that. But I, I just don't think that that's a direction that they need to go, nor will the devoted fans of that type of franchise feel like they are that they must have that, right? We have so much of that that we can move on and we can do other things. So yeah, for me, if it's a binary decision, I would say, let's push it all aside and forget all that. You know, but I guess, <clears throat> well, we'll see. I don't know. I wonder what the Mike Lotus thing, is it even really an idea or just something he's playing with and he'd like to have Jennifer Coolidge still around and that's yeah. part of what's inspiring it. Um, because I mean, part of me thinks even if he wanted to do something with, a younger version of that character yeah you cast a different actor yeah you yeah know? and then and, and i'm more on board with that sort of thing in general i think we should like look at what they do on yellow jackets right i mean one of the most impressive things about yellow jackets to me is how you've got the younger and older versions of the same character and yeah. they're played by different actresses and you know, there's really brilliant work going on there, right? And, and they can get people like, you know, the two versions of Natalie who almost act identically and have similar mannerisms. It's really uncanny, yeah. Yeah, Sophie Thatcher and Juliette Lewis, they do great. I mean, so, like, what a sadness it would be if the technology yeah. was good enough. They'd be like, well, just de-age Juliette Lewis <laughs> so much. You know, yeah, like, exactly. it would be sad. So. Anyway, so, no, I, I don't know. I mean, they're almost immediately after season two ended, they were talking about they had an idea of doing Thailand and focusing on Eastern religion. You know, season one was about money. Season two was about sex. Season three, they thought about doing religion and Eastern religion. Well, I, I bet something like that still happens. I think this is more of a long-term future thing. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, one thing I will say, though, the one interview I read with Mike White where this came up, the de-aging thing, he sounded really excited about keeping the show going. And seem to think that maybe it didn't even have to involve, um, like murder. Yeah. Which, which yeah. I don't know. Fair enough. You can do other types of mysteries. You know, like you can do the Hangover kind of thing. Yeah. Which yeah. That was really kind of. I remember when I first saw that movie, it was striking to me how, um, how they played with that form, but it was, you know. Yeah. But I, but I appreciate that about White Lotus that there is that kind of, um that mystery element so i hope it yeah where, i mean where... he, listen he's caught lightning of auto with with this show when as you, as you said no one really expected it and, and i think they're gonna do everything they can to to keep that bottled up and keep that formula working for as long as many seasons as they, as they possibly can i was trying to think can you think of another sh another show or anything that did it in just that way because like the mystery is who who's dead yeah yeah and i was trying to think of something else where 
that was the mystery. And I feel like there must be things and I'm just not thinking of them, but I can't really think of anything. Yeah, there must be, but I, I just, it's been so unique, not only in the way that they've uncovered the mystery, but it's sort of in this anthology nature of it. It, it just, I, I can't really think of much that to compare it to. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. Yeah. No, to that, you could compare it to other mystery shows, right? I mean, sure, sure. Yeah. The murder she wrote or something like this. You know? <laughs> yeah. The murder, it's an anthology show. Sure. You know, we probably don't <laughs> yeah. think of it that way. Right? But it's, it's, it's a lot of the old, um, you know, the very episodic, right? Yeah. But you could view them almost as anthologies because it's always a new case. You get a new set of characters. You just have the continuity of the one um, detective or, or what have you, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. What hey. about let's let's lose that segue into you know something that's affecting White Lotus, which is this this writer yeah. strike. Do you have any just general thoughts or impressions on? I mean, obviously this has been going on since May second. Just sort of thoughts yeah. on, on on what's been happening over the last month or five weeks. Well, I mean, for me, the short version would be that they need to pay the writers. They should be paying these people well, in my opinion, and and. Um, honestly, you know, we've got a list of a couple things recently where production shut down and yeah, it bums me out. So apparently the community movies delayed. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Stranger Things was on the list now. Stranger Things was scheduled um, to start filming this month and it stopped. Yeah. And honestly, even with the things that I like, Yellow Yellowjacket season three is delayed. Um, Severance, whatever. Look, oh. My knee-jerk reaction is good. I don't, yeah. I don't know what you think about this. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm completely on your side, obviously, and on the side of the, the writers here. You, you start to read some of the details, and they get into, you know, these people were getting, like, checks for three cents for residuals from when their shows went to streaming. You know, they're, they're basically getting nothing for, you know, when their shows get bought by these streaming companies. That's got to be addressed. The AI thing's got to be addressed. Uh, I mean, these are... In my opinion, obviously, an outsider perspective, reasonable demands that these guys are putting out there. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, I mean, I've got an outsider's perspective on it too. So some of the details, but you know, um, from what I've read and understand about it, various things about um, how writers' rooms are run, and you know that you know, I think without getting caught up in details which may also be beyond us, I think, if anyone's not really kind of up to speed on this, maybe a simple way to think about it is they're working under contracts written under the old system, like right. the old system of um, you have a network TV show with 22 episodes a season. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they're getting paid by the episode. Then they're going to get yeah. royalties or get residuals based on that show, hopefully going into syndication. You know, when it gets over 100 episodes. I think that was generally yeah. uh, the number. All, all the syndication um, rules are outdated now. Yeah. None of that is the case anymore. So, I mean, everyone knows this, you know, we just pay, just look at Netflix. Um, you get a new show on Netflix, like, oh, here's the new season. Maybe it's 10 episodes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe it's eight. Maybe, maybe it's six, you know. Um, and so the, the writers, they've also apparently been running a lot of what they call mini rooms and, yeah, I don't know all of the details about this, but um, like they're only getting paid when they're working on that and then they're unemployed. Yeah. And right. then the the residual structure, my understanding is really in the age of streaming, they um put things up front. And um one thing I was reading recently is that with a lot of these shows, they made promises to pay people more. Um in the third season, in the fourth mm, season, yeah. this includes like the showrunner, right? So they're they're signing on, they're getting, you know, some money, and 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 they're kind of playing on the idea, sort of old school idea, like oh, we have a successful show, of course you're going to make it to season four, right? And then then you're going to get your payday or whatever. So I think it feeds into like this is actually one of the reasons why Netflix cancels so many shows after two yep. seasons. Yep. Um, so, so it's really all just kind of messed up and, you know, I mean, I think it's really unfortunate and it's really a bummer if some of my favorite shows get delayed yeah. because yeah. of the writer's strike, but when it comes down to it, 
I'm wholeheartedly on the side of the rioters and would say they shouldn't be producing anything as long as the strike goes on. Like, I mean, I would almost go as far as like everyone else should also be like, no, I'm not doing anything. Yeah. 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 No, you're 100% right about that. Will it bum me out if, if, you know, we look back at when this happened 15 years ago and seasons were delayed and seasons got shortened and seasons were pushed back? If that happens again, is it going to, you know, am I going to be upset about it? Of course. But, you know, these people need to be, certainly need to be compensated fairly for what they're doing. They need to be taken care of. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's, I think we're almost to the point already where you know, a lot of the shows you mentioned, I know Yellow Jackets, I know Severance, I know uh, Abbott Elementary, they literally met on May 1st and 2nd to start writing new seasons and then they had to stop, right? So they got together, started pitching some ideas, and then they had to, to, to leave the room, right? Pencils down. And so that's, it, it just to the point where it's 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 almost um it's inevitable right now well yeah and one thing that people should know is that part of what can feed into this is um whether they have a writer on set yep right so um in theory potentially things could go into production without having a writer on set people might say well why is that important isn't the thing already written well they make little adjustments they've got to do little rewrites and it's it's really standard practice to have writers there yes um because generally speaking they're the ones who know all of the things you want someone to know right yeah so the, the possibility of there being clunky bad stuff that i mean like the last thing in the world i want yeah the very last thing that i want is for there to be a season of my favorite show that comes out that's well, staffed by scab writers or something yeah. like this and it's just bad i would rather they never make any more ever <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, I, there is one temple example of exactly what you're talking about uh apparently house of the dragon season two is moving forward like it's written and so they're starting to film but they're starting to film without their writers um, yeah. and their writing supervisors <laughs> on set and so gosh you can imagine a show like that and the, the language and the intricate story and you know the things that are involved there i, I i'm i'm worried frankly i mean i, mean, I, I was a, a fan generally of the first season i'm worried of what the second season will look like if they don't come to a point where they can use those folks and they shouldn't use them until they're they're taken care of yeah. but yeah they just push forward it, 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 it's a concern and they're really i mean i don't know i thought the first season was already on shaky ground but yeah it was kind of yeah <laughs> i mean i watched it I, and I i got some entertainment out of it but yeah i mean you could clearly see how a show like that could it could be really bad you know with, with that so um yeah, you thought it was complicated telling a story across like three different, uh, you know, time jumps. Try doing it without writers around there to help you explain what's going on. That's going to be, that's going to be tough. Yeah, anyway, they'll, they'll, they'll cool. just mess things up and not care. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it's, I don't know. It's, it's really, um, I'd hope that they would have resolved this by now. Um, yeah. I've, I've read that Netflix may be kind of a big one, kind of holding mm. out in terms of yeah. not wanting to, um, give the writers what they want. We'll see I what think happens. Back in back in 2008, if I remember correctly, it lasted three and a half months. Of course, that was, I mean, 2008 was a completely different world than what we live in now. I mean, a lot yeah, less. Streaming didn't exist. Yeah, it didn't exist, right? So certainly more issues to address. Um, you know, but, but there was, you know, just to circle back to show we were talking about, to, to Lost. Right. And Lost season four was truncated to 14 episodes because of the strike. Um, they had planned that season to do this art for the character Libby, who had this kind of mysterious background. You had seen seen her at the same place as Hurley, and she appeared once for a few seconds in season four. They had this whole arc to explain what she was doing and who she was, you know, completely lost to the to the strike because they had to cut all that all that stuff out. So we're we're in we're in in significant danger of stuff like that happening to some of these best shows. Yeah, and I hope that they just—I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, we'll it's see. a reality. It's a reality yeah. right now. But um, I don't know. Speaking of um, Yellow Jackets, I did want to mention the bonus episode. There's apparently supposed to be a bonus episode, and I don't know to what extent this is affected by the strike. Also, um, you know, is it done? Is it completely done? I have no idea. Um, there were a lot of rumors out there. 
I had noticed this, like that originally they'd listed 10 episodes in the season and then it became nine episodes. And uh, if you were on the Reddit at all, which I will be, um, all sorts of people are like, oh, there's going to be a secret 10th episode, you know? And then, and then finally, um, it's like people on, on Twitter, I think, were saying like they were going to wait up because they thought maybe it's going to be a surprise <laughs> episode. And um, Ashley Lyle, who seems really cool from everything I've seen about her, you know, um, chimed in on Twitter and was like, don't do that. There's going to be a bonus episode, but it's not tonight. Go yeah. get some sleep. There, there will be one between yeah. season two and season three. Yeah, um, that I don't know much about this. I mean, the details, as you said, are scarce. It's going to drop at some random time that uh, it's just going to be a surprise just to sort of whet people's appetite as we get ready for, for the next season, I think. I hope there's notice. I don't know. I don't like when they drop things without notice. Yeah. <laughs> we got to prepare. We got to have something. We got to have something uh, written about it. We got to have some notice of that. Yeah, no, well, or at least I have to be ready. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, like I was, I was, I was really afraid that uh, Black Mirror comes out in a couple of days when we write yep. all that and everything. And uh, the history rating on Black Mirror, and I was really afraid that Netflix was just going to drop it without notice because all they'd said was June, you know, and it was just time was passing. And I was sitting here and it was like May 30th. <laughs> and it was still like all they said was June. And uh, I was, I was terrified that they were just going to drop it all uh, June yeah. 2nd with no warning but um but they did tell us so um yeah so you're right black mirror coming out next week what uh you're getting ready to watch that i know i am too what else are you watching uh watching right now um right now i'm catching up a bit on justified um i don't know if it's at all necessary in order to enjoy the new series that comes out in july i think probably not because I think what we're getting is just like a new Raylan Givens story. I don't know. Yeah. How... I was going to say, it may not be necessary, but it's just great to revisit Raylan Givens. You know, it's such a, such a good character. Yeah. And I mean, but uh, at least my understanding is I'm pretty sure that there's no Boyd Crowder in the new stuff. It wouldn't really make sense. I mean, they could, maybe they could shoehorn him in somehow yeah. or something. It doesn't seem like. <laughs> so that's kind of, that's kind of a yeah. bummer. Because I am feeling again as I'm watching it, it's like, I know Raylan's the main character of the show, but yeah, <clears throat> but Boyd Crowder's kind of the main character of the show. That's right. That's how That's I right. feel about it, at least. Is that that is that going to be? Did I hear this right? In Detroit, is that where this this new season is set? Seems like uh, such a deviation from Kentucky. I believe so, and I did keep my ear out. There was one. It's interesting. Starting back at season one, Justified, it's very episodic. At first, it's very case of the week. Yeah, you know. And um, one of those early ones, there is an episode where they talk about this guy being from Detroit, um, but he di- he dies in the episode. Yeah. I think there was some more stuff about Detroit. So, I mean, that, that would be the only thing. There, There's probably little nuggets in there, but I don't know how much it's going to matter. Um, am, am I right in saying that this is also a series of books that that's have... Raylan Givens set in Detroit. I may be imagining that, but I think there there are. Yeah, I'm not an expert on Elmore Leonard um, to know the details of that. I know the original source material is Elmore Leonard. And I think there are at least multiple stories, if not multiple books. Um, that I'm, I mean, I'd have to double check on the details of that. I know that yeah. with the original Justified, they, they say that it's um, based on a short story. Mm, okay. Like in the first episode. Um, but I haven't really read Elmore Leonard. My dad used to read Elmore Leonard and that's about all I know about Elmore Leonard. Yeah. No, I'm not certainly not up on that. I, I'm just, that, I think that show comes out in a month. I'm I'm with you. I'm really looking forward to it. Should be fun. What have you been watching lately? Well, we're, you, you know, we're right now, at least this week, we're in a little bit of a, a lull after some some real significant pieces of 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 uh, television ended. Obviously, Succession is over, Barry is over, yeah. Ted Lasso is over, Top Chef is over. Um, so we got this sort of couple week period where we're in a downtime before we start to get uh, you know, the Bears coming, Black Mirror, True Detective is coming soon, Secret Invasion, um, Justify, which we talked about. So there's some things coming soon. But I'm trying to catch up on a couple of things. One of the things I I watched recently, and primarily this is because 
Um, I live in Texas. I'm from Texas. My my wife is from North Texas. I'm sure you can deduce all these things from my from my accent. Um, but uh, one of the things I just caught up on was was Love and Death on on HBO. I guess technically that's a Max production. Love that is Death. a Max original. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, forgive me, HBO. Editor, yeah. I, I will insist on being pedantic. <laughs> and you know, let me take the opportunity. This is another semi news item, right? Because yeah. HBO Max became Max, which everyone knows is stupid. <laughs> yeah why not we throw our, our best brand in the trash yeah no not the not the production company the branding that was it's yeah yeah clear. sorry to my my friends over at max <laughs> um but but yeah i mean it's it's interesting the branding i've always tried to be pretty on top of this with the site it's always been sort of weird because when they launched hbo max they insisted and always treated that as a separate brand from hbo right so it's still the HBO still exists. Think about the cable network, the production company, um, Succession. That's HBO. Barry's HBO. The Righteous yeah. Gemstones is HBO. You know, The Idol, which is on right now, is HBO. And then stuff that just goes to the streaming service, they were calling that HBO Max. Yeah. So, so if anything, look, if there's a positive, maybe it clarifies things a little bit in the long term if you're streaming yeah. your max if you're temple on the network your hbo yeah that a show like of course love and death is a weird one because yeah. they're they're like we're gonna put this show out and we're gonna tell you that we're gonna rebrand next month but then we're going to brand the show that came out before we rebranded with the new brand yeah okay <laughs> any anyway um the the deal would be now yeah, that this is established that a show like Love and Death, they would say, is a Max original. Right. You're right. And, yes, Lo- Love and, and Death is HBO. Yeah, Love and Death is is technically and officially a Max uh, Max production. I liked it for the j- j- just again, my wife being from that area. It takes place in in Wiley, Texas, over about 1978 to 1980. It's about a about a couple of families, a, a lady named Candy Montgomery, and um, played by Elizabeth Olsen. And Jesse mm-hmm. Clemens plays Alan Gore. The two of them have an affair, and then there's a murder of Alan's wife, and just mm-hmm. the the story of that and her trial. It's it's based on a true story. There's actually a Hulu documentary that came out, um, or docu series. I yeah, guess that exactly. came out last year. Last year, the it's called Candy, right? Like I've candy, seen neither yeah. of these shows. So I'm very very torn about this because I'm kind of interested, and I have no idea which one I would choose. Yeah. Or even which one I would choose first. And if I, if I went to the cast, that doesn't help because I, I love all of the actors in both of them. Yeah, yeah. I the, think I chose I chose Love and Death because uh, I'm a Jesse Plemons fan and will follow him and everything that he does, whether it's an episode of Black Mirror or Game Night or Fargo or Friday Night Lights, whatever it is. I'll follow him wherever he goes. That's so fair. Think, yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> I mean, he is... He he is burned into my mind as Todd from Breaking Bad. That's right. That's right. Um, and then El Camino. I mean, honestly, yeah. uh, in my mind, his performance is what made El Camino feel like it really worked as a as a film. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm with you there. But then you look at um at the Hulu series uh, Candy. Melanie Linsky's in it. That's right. That's right. She is. Oh so, my gosh, she's she is really freaking everywhere right yeah, now. It's it's, it's, <laughs> so I don't know. I I think through indecisiveness, I end up not watching either one. <laughs> well, but, if you want a pretty pretty quick, um, I think it's six or seven episodes. Interesting story. Really good performances. Yeah, recommend uh, Love and Death on on Max. You won't uh, won't be disappointed, especially if you've got any. Any history with uh, early 1980s Texas, you'll uh, you'll you'll feel right at home. I mean, I I never went to Texas, <laughs> so only only at a distance, I suppose. Um, so yeah, then, so I'm catching up on a few things like that. Love and Death has been has been great. Um, I, I'm watching a show you're writing about. I'm watching uh, Silo on Apple Apple yeah, was, TV yeah, Plus. Take us there. Yeah, do you, are you enjoying it? Let's just start there. I am enjoying it uh, because I enjoy that nature of show. I uh-huh. I can't say that without also saying that I have been slightly disappointed in the last few episodes based on where we started with the first two, I guess is the best way to put that. Yeah. I mean, that's how I felt. 
but I've been writing on it. If you've read my things, whether people listening have read my things, I'm not going to presume everyone reads my my, my articles. <laughs> yeah. You know? um, but I thought that the beginning was really good. Yep. And I'll give you this little behind the, the scenes story almost, right? So I, I start watching it. Uh, it's a two episode premiere. I thought the first episode was great. I thought the second episode remained really good, but like already it ticked down a little bit for me. And um, so I went and I wrote that article on the premiere of the show. I did those two episodes together, as we often do. Sometimes we split them up, and I, I ran them together. And I went and I watched episode three, and I wrote something up, and um, I thought about stopping. Mm, interesting like i thought about not publishing that article <laughs> and not watching the show anymore so my, my 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 feelings about episode three were pretty low i guess would be fair to say but then i watched episode four and I thought, oh wow this is better um i don't know i'm really hoping that by the end of the season they they get somewhere i mean i'll give them this they tried something really um risky because they basically changed the main character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, maybe that worked better for some people than it did for me. Yeah. But I'm not a huge fan of uh, the protagonist, and it just she just still doesn't work for me. Yeah, um, I, I thought it was interesting. Um, so again, spoilers for this show that that uh, it's Rashida Jones is not long for the for the show she is removed uh, off the board uh, in very very short order and I thought well you know she's I think one of the executive producers I guess it makes sense she comes in she does a piece she's gonna go back to other duties but then the sheriff uh Sheriff Holston I think is his name is also removed very very quickly and so you just sort of shocked by that constantly happening and then it happens to more characters and more characters and more characters and yeah it just seems like what's the consistency here and what's the through line that we need to follow with all these folks yeah but i mean i did feel like by the time you get to the third episode julia's practically walking around with a placard that says protagonist on it yeah <laughs> the, the problem is that they, they did like nothing to make me care about her um and i still don't really and that's a problem because I think the premise of the show is really interesting. Yeah. Apologies to people who haven't been watching this or don't know what we're talking about, um, not just for possible spoilers here, but the, the premise of the show, I think, is fascinating. You know, you've got um, humanity or this civilization or whatever. I mean, I think it's implied that this is like all of humanity and they're yeah. living inside the silo and they can't go outside. And But what I thought was really fascinating from the beginning is they don't know why. Exactly. So like, as opposed to this sort of post-apocalyptic story that we're more familiar with that we get all over the place that spends a lot of time on, you know, like what is the Armageddon or yeah. what have you, you know, is it a coronavirus? You know what? Like, no, they have no <laughs> yeah. idea. Right. And, and then those details, right. I mean, I think as we move forward, maybe some people, maybe the bad guys, know a little bit of the score yeah. and, and i don't yeah. know and it has kept me going because i'm still intrigued by that premise yes i just want it to move forward like i don't think it really has and at this point um i mean what we're seven episodes in yep at this point and i'm just hoping that by the end of the season something happens yeah basically like it, and i don't just mean i don't mean like action because there's been action and stuff yeah. like that right. but it's part of the part of my problem with episode three is it was like oh there's this big threat to everything there's a threat <laughs> to the generator and i was sitting here i was like i don't actually care like yeah maybe uh that'd be interesting if the silo yeah. if, the, if the silo broke that sounds interesting Right. Yeah, like, let's see. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Yeah, let's it was funny that yeah. that episode was the one of the most episodic things I've ever seen inside a serialized show, and it just it, it, it sort of served as nothing but a distraction of what's actually supposed to be happening here. I they, think hadn't, they hadn't grounded these characters. It was yeah, very yeah. weird to me. It was just like they they needed to do some work before that. I think to not just to help characterize our lead. Yeah, but the people in the silo in general to show us a bit more of their lives, you know, and we just felt like they're playing on this threat, and all I had to 
hang my hat on in terms of caring was something, some like very, very general regard for people. Yeah. I'll I'll say two things. One of which is I've talked to one or two people that have read the series of books this is based on and, and are big fans of those books. And so I think there could be some, you know, depending on how they're stretching out the arc of this show, it could be some interesting things happening, but also that it seemed like in episode seven, they were trying to, as we sort of turn this final lap into the, the end of the season, trying to talk a little bit more about why we don't know the history, why we don't remember the history. And so maybe we're headed that direction, yeah. but I mean, I think I'm with you. They need to get there pretty well, quickly. I, I think they, I think they have to be, I and mean, this is what's become yeah. clear to me. I mean, picking up our TV and stuff, you start thinking about the, the the structure of the story and almost imagining yourself in the writer's position, the writer of the TV show, you know, I think it has to be the case that the structure is going to be that we get to the end of the first season. Yeah. But the, the problem is, Ryan, that I, I feel like it might be that we fundamentally get to the end of the first season and we're kind of back where we were yeah. at the <laughs> yeah. end of episode one. And it needs to go like, it needs to go a little further than that. Yeah. You know? Remember this mystery to, we introduced? Yeah, exactly. Like, because <laughs> what are we doing? But you're right. I mean, <clears throat> um, I don't know. Have you, have you ever watched uh, the videos made by this guy, Pete Peppers, on YouTube? You familiar no. with Pete Peppers? We have very similar tastes. I, I can't say I watch all of his stuff, but I started watching his stuff with, uh, with Twin Peaks back in 2017. And then and then I'll notice it's like, oh, he's doing videos on Better Call Saul or Severance or, well, he's doing videos on Silo. And I watched one of them. And I was like, well, oh, man, I, I wish I found this as interesting as Pete apparently does. <laughs> and I just I just kind of don't. So I don't know. I, I remain somewhat hopeful for it that yeah. they will. Yeah. Because they had something really intriguing going on at the beginning. Agreed. And I just, they haven't serviced the mystery well, I don't think. Yes. Yeah. I guess what I would say. You and I are on exactly the same same page with that show. I will be finishing it, hoping for the best. But yeah, we'll we'll see where they where they try to land this one. So yeah, so what's uh we're watching a few things, but there's a couple of interesting things coming up. What are we gonna be doing? Uh what are we gonna be doing next? We got a good show coming out next week. Actually, a couple of good shows coming out next week. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about the bear we, we yeah. did hit on a little bit before, um, and we meet next week and, and put something out talking about season one. As we're excited for season two, which comes out on the twenty second. Correct. Yeah. Um. So definitely looking forward to that, and looking forward to talking about it with you. Um, yeah. Now you you've just finished season one for the first time. Did I say that correctly? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's been maybe a week or so at this point. Yeah, yeah. You know, which is, I don't know, there's so much TV out there. <laughs> and, um, one can hardly watch everything. But the bear was one that had been on my radar because it, it kind of came, it came out and became a little bit of a phenomenon. Right. Which is interesting because, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> it was interesting in part. To me because it wasn't really on my radar before that happened all of a sudden everyone was talking about the bear i was like wait what and yeah and you just so very rarely these days see a show really just cut as you said come out of nowhere come out of you know maybe less uh less promotion less impressions just it's it, it, seriously something that just was completely word of mouth for me it was completely a you know seeing people talking about it hearing people talking about it I had not heard of it before uh, seeing some friends and I think a, a family member start to to reference it. So, yeah, just that phenomenon of how that happens these days, it, you know, clearly it's not in that place now. It's a very eagerly anticipated show coming out and sort of what was the formula that led to that and and what we expect coming into season two after such a such an interesting season one. Yeah, those are some of the things I hope we get to we get to hit on. Yeah, I mean. You know, the one of the things that was really striking to me was about just the the vibe of it. Maybe this is what you mentioned Top Chef. I used to watch Top Chef years ago. Yep. I have not watched Top Chef in years. Um, but there is that that element about the bear where there's there's an element about the food 
you get some nice shots of food. You do. Maybe that's part of it. We like we like the food <laughs> shots, right? Yeah, you you really do. Now you told me you've worked at a restaurant before. I have not worked in a restaurant before. I don't know the environment. I don't know the culture. I don't know how how much that show reflects um, reality, but. It, uh, if it's not right, they make it, they do a very good job of making it look like it's right and look like it's that type of, of hectic, uh, atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, I think, I, I think they do a good job with that. I mean, I can't say that the restaurant experience I have was exactly like that, but I think that's part of what, um, will land it for a lot of people who have, you know, some level of experience of working in a restaurant, working in the kitchen, um, you know, that sort of thing. But then it probably, I mean, I guess it works for people who don't have that experience also, you know. Like, it did. It, it, it worked on me and it made me, I don't know, it made me think. You haven't had the, you haven't had the personal experience of exactly. running the expediter station where the tickets are coming out <laughs> and you're supposed <laughs> to take them one at a time and decide, you know, tell people like the, the one scene where, where he's just getting like overwhelmed with those, yep. with those tickets. Oh my God. Bring back bad memories for you. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think this is going to be a really interesting season two. If you've seen the trailer, it's they're opening, you know, the beef is turning into the bear. They're creating a new restaurant. They've got a time limit, you know. So I, I'm curious, and, and we're going to get into a lot of this next week, obviously, but yeah. I'm curious if they can sort of capture that same vibe while trying to open a restaurant as opposed to saving a restaurant that exists that is sort of a cultural icon i'm curious how they're going to try to approach all of that but yeah it's, it's, we'll it's, it's it. yeah it's interesting i mean because you imagine they're still going to have some of that narrative play in terms of the history of the place and right. so on and uh, there's a kind of metaphorical or symbolic level i guess to to um what's going on with our restaurant but or you know with our protagonist's desire to turn the restaurant around and the backstory of the brother maybe we don't want to, maybe we don't want to go too far here um, yeah yeah now let's we'll, we'll, we'll save it there, there's some deep things we can go into with with the show but we'll, we'll save it for for the for the deep dive we'll do over the next uh next couple of weeks yeah so that'll be the basic plan to people um hopefully you've enjoyed um listening to ryan and i talk here about television um and again moving forward Generally speaking, we'll try to, um, you know, hit on some news items that have caught our attention over the course of the week, that sort of thing. Um, as I've said to Ryan before, I don't want to gossip, so we'll see how we curate this. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you feel. I was, I'm looking at even the relatively big name, even like the reputable publications. Right. I have something of a feeling when I read them that they are, maybe gossip isn't the right word. But you get stories about people's personal lives and things yeah, like this yeah. that are, are I think, just a little too reminiscent to me of tabloids or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So um, no, we're, we're going to stick to the content on the screen and we're going to dive sometimes deep, sometimes shallow. And and we'll, we'll go lots of different directions, I think, with with a lot of different shows. Yeah. So we need some production news and things like that. We'll talk about what's yeah. going on. And then, yeah, the basic plan will be that we will ultimately start having uh, more of a deep dive in the latter part of the podcast so hopefully you've seen the bear already and will join us next week or if you haven't seen the bear already go watch season one and um because we're not going to hold back at all i think when it comes to spoilers um but we, we will hold off until next time that sounds great and you can find us at tvobsessive.com Cameron Crane, Ryan Kirksey. We hope you guys join us next week. We'll dive into the Bear Season 1. All right. Thanks, Ryan. See you next Thanks. week. See you next time. All right.